it's not so stressful. I know who I need to call. I know how I need to communicate it. I know what I need to do. And so what would take maybe an hour or two trying to scramble around and figure things out, I can do within 10 to 15 minutes. This is The Real Estate Pod. I'm Ed Barone, co-founder of RentReady, the platform that makes renting easy for landlords and tenants. With this podcast, we aim to help landlords learn, scale, and invest. We also want to help you tackle the business side of real estate investing because being an investor or getting your first investment requires you to be an entrepreneur. It's about mindset and strategy. Stacy Rossetti is hosting the show today as part of a series that focuses on conversations with the women who are crushing it in real estate. Stacy herself is a real estate investing expert and coach out in Peachtree, Georgia, who specializes in real estate investing, rehabbing, and storage units. Let's get started. Everybody, this is Stacy Rossetti. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again. I have a totally awesome, badass woman real estate investor as a guest today, and I wanted to introduce you, introduce her, Kim Kisturke. Thank you, Stacy. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. All right, thank you so much. So, tell everybody where are you? Where are you located? So, I'm in Marietta, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Okay, tell me, tell everybody kind of what what your uh, what you work on for the real estate investing world. What are what's the, some of the stuff that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I've been a semi long distance landlord for the last fifteen years. Uh, my primary portfolio is in the Augusta, Georgia area, which um, people who are not too familiar with the geography, Augusta is about three and a half four hours from the Marietta, Georgia area. So I have 18 cash flowing units out in Augusta, Georgia, and I've been self-managing them for the last 15 years, uh, a variety of different strategies on the acquisition side, um, anything from conventional loans to subject to, and then now I'm working on a couple seller finance deals. So just kind of, you know, hearing about different strategies and implementing them in my own practice and just working on getting better every day. So tell me, why do you buy in Augusta? Well, so my original property was in Augusta, Georgia. So I became an accidental landlord in 2006. And so if everybody remembers what happened two years later, the economy pretty much tanked, Um, it crashed. And at that time, in addition to the economy uh, going down, I also was transferred from Augusta to Atlanta for a job. And so at that moment, I really had to pivot. It was one of those things that I had to figure out what I was going to do because at the age of 28, I believe I was 28 at the time, I just simply didn't have the $30,000 that it was going to require to get out of the property. And so that really is what started my investing journey. And I like Augusta for a variety of reasons. That one house really taught me a lot. And number one, I never had a vacancy on that property, maybe a week. At a time, but never a full month vacancy. It it always rented very, very quickly. And so on top of that, I never really had an eviction because I was getting really good tenants. So a couple of years after I had purchased that property, I kind of thought, well, if this is going really well, maybe if I invest in the same neighborhood or get a duplex or another property, I'll have this similar result. And I got a duplex and within the first day I basically closed on the property and I was able to place two tenants that day. I mean, luckily the owner allowed me to market the property before closing. 
And that really helped, but I was able to place people right away. And again, on that property, never had a vacancy. So to answer your question, there's three reasons why I like it. It's got a really good economy, it's a market. And the third is that there's a lot of transient rent, uh, renters coming in and out of the Augusta, Georgia area. So it makes a very strong rental market. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. I, I did not realize that you were here uh, in the Atlanta area. And then also you worked in Augusta because I have houses that come across all the time in the Augusta area. And I'm like, I try to blast them out and try to find buyers for them. But like, you know, I never, I, you know, sometimes it's hard to find, you know, something out the, out in the Augusta. So maybe we can work together. Sure. Yeah. I'd love that. So <laughs> what, tell great. me like, what are the houses? Like what kind of, what do you, what properties do you look for now? Is it like, what, what, what would be like the perfect property for you? Yeah. So I've migrated over to duplexes and triplexes. Okay. You know, I'd be definitely interested in a quad or even going into more multifamily. The most I personally would do on a multifamily would be six to eight units. That's just personal preference. And again, because you know, for the longest time I've been self-managing. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit about, uh, so do you, are you, uh, are you married? Do you have children? Are you just single? Yeah. So I have a daughter, she's seven years old and, and her dad is super helpful. So I'm very lucky in that regard, but all of this has been what I've done over the past 15 years, you know, juggling a full-time job, being a mom. And again, you know, you got to look at it as small steps, you know, just consistent action daily, or even just consistent action weekly. It all starts building up on top of itself. Really get you to a point that you, you can have financial independence. So being, you know, being a, a, a woman and having a daughter, um, kind of just how do you balance your full-time job with all of, with your 18 houses that you have, and then also be a mom as well? Yeah. How do you, how do, you how do you do that? Well, the thing is, is everything doesn't hit at once, which is nice. I mean, all of it's in the way that I view it is a, is a trickle in. So there will be days that I'm really busy with my job and I'm not doing anything real estate related uh, because I've had processes in place. Even if I was busy with my job and getting stuff done, if I got a text message from a tenant, it was a simple you know, text message to the contractor that I needed to basically deploy mm-hmm. and coordinate the two of them. And then they were off to the races, getting it done. So you know, it wasn't necessarily taking away from my job. And then, you know, when things get busy with my daughter, then, you know, again, you know, the real estate stuff it's, would trickle in, I could get it done. And then with the job stuff, again, you just got to look at processes. And when you have processes in place, a lot of it's manageable, but I, I do want to make the big point that you are going to get to a certain point in your portfolio that you, you have to hire people. You're going to have to hire help. You can't do it all by yourself. And that's really why I hired a property manager this year because, you know, those slow little trickles coming in on 18 units, that adds up really fast. Yeah. 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 As you grow, I mean, it's just more and more work and then you just, you just learn how to delegate and and get other people to help you do, do the things that you really don't want to do, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Because nobody can do it all by themselves. You know, like I said, you know, I get a lot of help from, you know, my daughter's dad, which that helps. And then you know, in terms of stuff around the house, you know, you, get, you just got to look at it all as building a team. Now, I don't hire out everything. I know there's a lot of people that do, but, mm-hmm. you know, just look at that as an option. 
look what, where you need the help and just ask for help, you know, cause no one can do it all by themselves. What would you say your, like your biggest uh, skills are? Like I say, like I, if I could, I would do these things and delegate these things off. Right. So my, the biggest thing for me would, I mean, definitely finding the deals, doing the different processes to execute the deals, talking with sellers, um, working with just the things that I would do well is, you know, finding the deal, creating the deal and executing the deal. The other things in terms of the management piece, I mean, I could even apply that to finding and, you know, placing tenants as well. Those are the things that I think I can do really, really well. Um, the other things I feel can be delegated out, you know, the your, your team, because again, I'm not handy. So I'm not necessarily going to be the person that's going to go and fix anything, which I think that was an advantage early on because I didn't really have the luxury of going and, and fixing things. I just didn't know how to do it. So automatically I knew I had to hire certain people to do that. And I've kind of just used that mentality throughout my investing journey. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. What's the price range of like the properties that you look for? Sure. So, you know, I've gotten those condos I was talking about. I've gotten one as low as 18,000 and the highest that I've paid was a hundred, 155. And the 155 was that property that I got like originally, um, everything else has been, I've been able to get duplexes for about 130 out there. Um, nowadays, it has been a couple of years and there has been some market appreciation. You're probably looking at about 150. Okay. Um, I was able to get the triplex for 130, but it did require work. That was more of a, um, you know, buy, renovate, refinance, repeat strategy there okay. Okay. or Burr strategy. But again, I mean, there's, there's amazing deals. You just have to look for them. Everybody wants multifamily now. I mean, that's like, that's like a big thing, especially small multifamily. That's like, that's like the big kind of hot topic now. So can you, can you pick like, you know, one of the, like, let's, let's go over that triplex. Like what were the numbers for that? And like, how much work did it need? And then, you know, can you tell me that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this particular property, I'd gotten a call from a real estate agent that I had worked with a couple of times out in Augusta and I was able to get it for 130,000. But again, I mean, there was the way it was set up is there was one gal that was living there. The other two units were just unlivable. I mean, they needed it it pretty much was a full rehab. So, you know, I walked the property with a general contractor. We knew that it would be aggressive estimating 50,000 to do the two other units, but it was doable to get them to a safe and clean, you know, basically safe and clean. Now, does it have you know, all the shiny objects and, you know, the big wow factor? No, but it, it looks really nice, but it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a rental. You what, know, what's the, what's like the monthly it. rent on those? Sure. So I've got 849 on the two bedroom at the bottom, Okay. 750 on the one bedroom on the, the bottom. And then the top floor has um, two bedrooms, one bath, And what I ended up doing there was I converted that into a professional rooming house. So I rent that by the room and I get 700 each side. So each room I get 700 a month. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I was really able, very good idea. So I was really able to take, because what I would have only been able to get in that upstairs unit was probably about 849 for the two bedroom. 
And so I just decided to do something creative, look outside the box and test that strategy. And it worked. Mm -hmm. And would you consider doing that again? I would. Um, I think what I would want to do next time is I would want to, I would probably, I would have estimated another 25,000 and built that into the loan to, to provide that wow factor, you know, because then I would have been able to furnish it, which I furnished this in the upstairs, but I would have been able to furnish it, get that wow factor, and then start marketing it more to traveling nurses, which you can get a lot more with with that subsector. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's a good, that's another strategy. I think, you know, you can always do for your next deals. Tell me what was your, like, what's your, was that your favorite deal or what's your favorite deal that you've done? That one was definitely the one I got the most experience on. So yeah, I would say that probably is my favorite deal because I was able to, you know, I, I got a hard money loan on it, did the renovations, refinanced. I personally chose not to take the cash out just because I wanted to keep the monthly payment lower. And just because again, I was testing this rooming house strategy and a couple other things. And so, but it, but it, you know, really gave me a lot of confidence going into my next couple of deals, working with hard money. Yeah. So essentially you just borrowed the money that you needed for the renovation and I mean, the purchase and the renovation. And then when you, when you refi that out, it's just, okay, this is what I owe. That's what I'm borrowing. Yeah. I'm only about $18,000 of my own cash into the deal. That's awesome. That sounds like a great deal. So, okay, good. So what are your plans for 2021? Well, it's all about seller financing. Okay, cool. I love that. So my, my goal right now is, you know, I'm, I'm going to acquire two more buy and holds, you know, rounded out 20 units. But with the seller financing, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at low cost, properties that I can purchase cash and then turn around and sell them to people via seller finance and essentially be the bank. Because again, you know, the advantages that I like about that is you don't have to deal with the maintenance. You there's, you're the bank. So again, you know, people are more used to paying a bank and with all of these eviction laws, I mean, granted Georgia luckily hasn't really, you know, felt heat with um, evictions being stalled, at least Richmond County. I mean, they've still continued evictions through this. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Cause Atlanta is not like this. Yep. So Richmond yeah. County has still been um, for private landlords um, and non-section eight housing. So they're still processing evictions there, but I can kind of see in the future that it, who knows, it may be an issue down the road. So what I like about seller financing is, you know, there aren't necessarily, there really aren't, um, I guess, you know, the same challenges as being a landlord because in essence, you're the bank. Yes. Okay. So that's good. Did you have any eviction issues during the COVID uh, time? I, I didn't have any awesome. eviction issues due to, um, due to somebody losing their job due to COVID. It was an eviction issue where I just screened improperly and I would have had the problem regardless if COVID was around or not. So I can't really pinpoint it to COVID. I think it was just, you know, poor screening on my part in the front end. What's your screening process? So I set a credit criteria. I set a criminal background criteria as well as a income to uh, income to rent criteria. And I'm pretty generous on the credit. I mean, my, my credit criteria is 550. And what I do is I check, um, 
just the background is is key. You know, like no no criminal background, no prior evictions, and then of course the income. And if they hit those other three things, then credit. I'm just like, okay, you know, I I can work with that. That's cool. That's good. Awesome. Well, at least you have a process for that too. That's good. Right. Well, over 15 years, you know, just they, <laughs> they build up and. And I just look at everything as, okay, step one, step two, like literally that's how I file it in my brain. And so that when just things come up, okay, I've, I've got a tenant moving out. Okay. These are all, these are the six, seven things that I need to do to get another tenant. In. Hmm. Well, I think also for 2021, the creative deal structuring is going to be key. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for you, for us to buy houses or properties, but also even like just so you said, you can be the bank. You know, because there's gonna be a lot of people out there that you know they're gonna be, you know, out of out of you know kicked out of their house, and they're gonna they can have they they can afford it, but they just can't get the you know they can't get that property. So I think owner financing is a great strategy coming up. Yeah, and something that I recently learned in a, in a strategy that I'm implementing actually in that first property that I bought 15 years ago is if you have an existing mortgage, you can still sell or finance as a lease to own. Because you can, it's, they're still taking over the maintenance, which really for me is the biggest thing. And there is still the risk that they won't pay the, you know, the, the amount, but at the same time, they're now maintaining the property. And so that's one thing that I really like about that. And then it, no deed is transferred until you actually close or they, they finance you out or refinance you out from a bank loan. And once the deed is transferred, that's what triggers the due on sales clause. But the lease to own option doesn't trigger the due on sales because no deed has been transferred at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, some things to think about, you know, if someone is interested in seller financing or at least that similar strategy, the similar benefits of seller financing when they still have a mortgage in place. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do you ever do uh, lease options? Uh, in this at uh, this one time. Yep. So this will be my first and we'll be closing at the end of the month on that. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Good. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Wow, you got a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) It's fun, you know. I mean, just again, it's just I just encourage everybody to you hear something interesting, really research it, talk to other investors, figure out the strategy, and go try it for yourself. Because real estate can be really fun when you really start learning all the different creative things that you can do. Thanks for listening. We're so grateful to be able to learn from these active investors, entrepreneurs, and all-around amazing individuals who want to share their success with you. The real estate investing community really is a unique community to be a part of. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate or review the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to. It would mean a great deal to us to learn what you like, what you don't like, and even questions we can answer on your behalf. You can also subscribe to The Real Estate Pod on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.